Ready? <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of the Canyon Studios podcast. I can't wait for y'all to hear who we're talking to today. Um, when you think about the word confidence, what what first comes to mind? I don't know. You could be thinking about it incorrectly, but we're going to understand the definition of what that means today. And I'm excited for y'all to hear about it. So you ready? I'm ready. You ready? So ready. <laughs> well, guys, listen, if you are in the Cherokee County area at all um, and you've been to a networking event, you know exactly who I'm talking about when you hear the word confidence. It's Miss Casey Sullivan. She is a ray of sunshine. And listen, she always dresses in a way that just, I don't know, it just attracts you to her. She always has on vibrant colors, and so I love that. And so I'm honored, and I'm thankful that you're here to talk to us today and talk to everybody listening about some confidence. Um, I'm excited about this show, to be to be real with you. Um, even yeah. in what we do, you would think that confidence wouldn't play a factor, but it's like one of the reasons why clients don't work with us. So um, I'm excited about it. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to be here. I will nerd out on this as long as you let me with a mic. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm excited about it. Well, let's jump right in. Um, do you want to lead? Or do you want me to lead? Here, I'll ask the first question. Okay. I'll lead out. Um, well, I guess <laughs> this is, uh, we're supposed to go a little like, you know, kind of before we question, like kind of general conversation. Yeah. So we kind of started that before the the official show introduction. Yeah. I was just kind of like mentioning that I, I don't have a very uh, profound relationship with the word confidence. Like as a, somebody that comes from the technology world, I have an idea of like, you know, confidence models in terms of like what that means. Like technically like being able to say, I feel like something will work reliably. Like it's a different idea of confidence than when we talk about the more like emotional driven, um, idea that I think you help people with, but, um, yeah. So that, that was a really technical, really technical. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to talk more about the emotional side of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's a hard concept for me to, to kind of like come to terms with. So, um, but yeah, the question that we had for you kind of to get to know you, um, first one was what was your favorite movie growing up? Oh my gosh. So I love this. Um, <laughs> pitch me a softball here. <laughs> so I am, you're going to laugh at this and you may or may have not seen it and I'm going to be dating myself really big here, but the three ninjas, oh, it was like three little boys and they're like, dad yes. was an FBI agent. But oh. their granddad was from, yeah. you know, Asia and he was like an official ninja way back when and he yeah. was like training the grandkids over the summer yeah. on how to be a ninja and then they end up getting abducted in one of their dad's cases oh. and so like the little kids are fighting all the, the bad people off Yeah, and I went back and watched this, I don't know, a couple years ago for nostalgia reasons and you yeah. realize this was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but it's, it's the right kind of terrible. But I bet I watched that thing on repeat from Blockbuster countless times. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, now I wonder same. if it's like streaming because I'm I'm genuinely interested. You've never seen Three Ninjas? I've never even heard of it. That was, I'm like Ninja yeah. Turtles. I don't know what. <laughs> Three Ninjas was that was a big part of my childhood. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm right there with you. I have to then watch there was it. A sequel. There it was, was even yeah. worse. They, they kicked Three Ninjas. Kicked back like it was, yes. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. We need to find. It has to be on the streaming one Somewhere. of the streaming services. Three Ninjas. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Okay. What was it about that movie? So I think a lot of it was, I have, when I, when I actually look back at it, I have have been fascinated with the idea of confidence my whole Mm. life. Like here are these kids, what teaches you confidence when you play sports, when you, whatever it's the con like repetitive actions that you're doing in these things. Mm -hmm. Those things help build confidence, right? Mm -hmm. You do it so often practice makes perfect perfection, which it doesn't, but it does make progress. Mm. And when you're making progress, that's when you start to develop skills that you're like, I'm really good at this. And so I think it was just that. And the idea that I secretly wanted to be a ninja. So (laughs) secretly, not so secretly. (laughs) That, yeah, you just said (laughs) practice makes progress, not perfection. Yeah. That is, mm, I need to put that like somewhere in my office because that's true. It's coffee mug material. Honestly. I wish I could take credit for that, um, like coining that. I'm I'm pretty sure that was a Denzel Washington speech I heard once. So I will will (laughs) credit him for like, but it stuck with me so hardcore because we get so um, fixated on this idea of perfection and it doesn't exist and it Mm. limits you from excelling because you're terrified to mess up. But if you can recognize that it's just, you're just trying to make progress, then it's okay. It's okay. If you mess Mm. up, you're still making progress forward. I'm going to take that sound bite and play it on repeat. (laughs) Like when I'm feeling down on myself every day, honestly, I like that. All right. (laughs) This is just a warm up, guys. Like we haven't even. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. So go watch Three Ninjas, guys. Yeah. <laughs> get your confidence on. Honestly. Now that we have a reason, we're going to watch Three Ninjas. Watch yes. It. We'll get canon. He'll like it. Yes. Although maybe not, because thinking back now, if I was a kid and I got kidnapped after watching that, I would have probably gotten myself hurt. Uh, yeah. 100%. Like, you know what? You, you kidnapping jerks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a false sense of the Gosh. fact that you can do this. <laughs> So, I don't know. It's called delusional confidence. Yeah, that's the other side. Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. We'll we'll vet it for canon. Yes. (laughs) See if it's with the times. Um, Okay. So, uh, next question Uh, What was your dream job growing up, and what did you envision yourself doing? So, do you want the practical answer or the entertaining one? Both. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, both. So, so practically, I knew that I wanted to do something with art always. Mm-hmm. I have always been a crafter. I was a little kid that would get the highlights magazines and I'd immediately flip to the, like the make it yourself page and I'd yeah. find whatever paper to- toilet rolls I needed and glue to make whatever the craft was. Yeah. Um, so I knew I wanted it to be art based. Yeah. Uh, practically. Yeah. Right. But I, obviously wanted to be a superhero, which plays into the ninjas, right? Yeah. I grew up watching the three ninjas, Ninja Turtles, X-Men. And I was like, man, oh, yes. I love seeing powerful women. Mm. I would get, I would work so hard to convince my parents to let me stay up till the nine o'clock show because that was when Xena came on. And I just wanted to be like a strong, mm. powerful female. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can <laughs> dig it. And then I had... Also, on top of this, I had told my dad that I was going to live in a 20-room teepee mm. and own one animal of everything on the planet. Mm. 
And his was like, that's really going to be expensive. How are you going to take care of these animals? Yeah. And I'm like, well, dad, like I'm going to make a lot of money doing my superhero thing. And yeah. he was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. He <laughs> didn't like, kill your dream. No, nah, he, he was, was like, but you might like look into law school or something yeah. else. Like, On the side, as yeah, a side hustle. As a backup plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah, lawyer by One night. of yeah. every animal. Casey's Ark is what we're right. Exactly. We're going to call it Casey's Ark. All the furry friends. Yes. I love that. (laughs) I used to, I used to watch Xena too. That was like my aunt who we would spend a lot of time with. She loved watching Xena. And so I got into it and then like, I would watch it at home and it's a great show. And like you said, it's, you know, something cool about seeing like a powerful female, like even as a, a boy growing up, like it kind of gave a better depiction or like, uh, I guess, um, framework for females for me growing up and not just, you know, the damsel in distress need to be saved, but. And mm. I think that's real, particularly at that time frame when you look at like the late eighties, nineties and stuff, yeah. women were often the characters that were needing saving. Right. And I was like, I don't yeah. like this plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know that like, Cool. If you can come alongside me and also kick some butt, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be doing my own along the way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Zena. I, I did. All, I have heard of her. Yeah. I did not watch her either. I, now that I'm thinking of it, I feel like I was robbed of my childhood because I, the only thing I can think of me watching when I was younger is like stories like Bold and Beautiful, Guiding <laughs> Light, like. <laughs> Because I was with my granny or at my right. mom's beauty yeah. shop. That's what they, that's yeah. that makes total sense. <laughs> it does. The restless. Perfectly important and valid stories. All of yeah. them. Yeah. All 9,000 of them. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about it now looking back, and I didn't know this at the time, but I'm tall. You know, I'm like sitting right at six foot. Yeah. Uh, the actress that played Xena is a, a tall, formidable woman, and there yeah. isn't a lot of tall female actresses, again, particularly at time frame. So when I look yeah. back and I'm like, this was all meant to be. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I just remember her like battle cries. Yes. Y'all messed up now. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Like. So we need to watch Xena. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. series. It's a it's it a is. whole okay. series. Yeah. Goodness, I have so much to catch up on. Yeah. Okay. This is my favorite introductory question because um, I'm all about music. What is your go-to song to make you? I said make you get in your groove. Nobody says get in your groove anymore, but like, what is your go, like, what is your go-to song? Like you're feeling down and you're like, you know what? This is my song I need to listen to. So this is again, one of those things that has shifted over time and Mm -hmm. kind of what I'm, what am I trying to get in my groove for? Mm -hmm. I have such ADD that Mm -hmm. if I'm trying to get work done, it better not have lyrics in it or I will Mm -hmm. be over here singing. I will not be doing work. (laughs) It's got to have beats and instrumentals that keep me like motivated, Mm -hmm. you know, some lo-fi hip hop or some jazz or something, you know, but if I'm like just jamming in my car and I need to like feel some true momentum Mm -hmm. as of late, um, last couple years, uh, Sia's unstoppable. I will, Mm crank up and be like this yeah. right mm-hmm. i'm feeling it yeah now i don't Zena. need batteries today like, <laughs> i am <Zena. laughs> yeah I like that. that is a good song 
But prior to that, um, as growing up, you could pretty much turn on any good Disney anthem, and I'd be like, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I'm feeling it now. (laughs) Disney (laughs) anthem or Sia. Okay. Noted. The spectrums. (laughs) It's balance here. (laughs) Noted. I got to ask, which era of Disney anthems do you prefer? Ooh. When you say era, what do you... So, like... I think about it like the Phil Collins era and then like more recently there's like the Lynn manuel Miranda, like a lot of those um, movies are, you know, like in, productions. In, yeah. Like Moana uh, or though. Yeah. So I would say anthem wise Mulan is probably the first one that sticks out in my brain. Again, like strong female character, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, I really loved Pocahontas. Yeah. Um, but even there's, and I can't even think of the name of the song right now, but Shakira does it. And it's for a newer, like Zootopia yeah. movie. Um, if that's not Disney, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry in advance. It's an animated film. It's probably, probably Disney. <laughs> probably. They're all the same. <laughs> Most likely. But they have a song that's attached to that that's phenomenal if you're trying to be like, yeah. man, I need a little pep in my step. And this yeah. is making me feel real strong right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. I can't pull a name of a song either, but I what's like your I go-to it. song? Uh, mm, I don't know. I have a lot of songs, but well, you being the music person, like, like you said, it depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm feeling moody, like, I don't know, like, like emotional or something. I go like anything. Her, the Ooh, artist, her. Yes, um, she's phenomenal. But if I need something to like get me going, mm-hmm. like this morning I was dragging on the way to Canton Business Club. I was like, I just need something. <laughs> I listened to Ti and it had a lot of curse words in it, but that's what got me going this morning. You know, um, the so, four letter words have power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did. I was like, yes, I'm gonna go attack this day. You get out of the car, you like they don't know me. I know. So. You're right. You're right, Ti. <laughs> so that's. But then when I if I'm thinking about um, like my granny that I was close to before she passed. Um, so my favorite song of all time is a song for you by Donny Hathaway. And so, um, if I'm like thinking or want to feel like nostalgia or think about that's the song I go to. And then I'm like sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's good emotional anthem. Good. Yeah. So, um, good cry. Yeah, yeah. Donny Hathaway was the king of, yeah. Of emotional storytelling songs. He's no longer here, but yeah. yeah. And, and now it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> I know, I'm not a Swifty. I know Michael's Caldwell's gonna be like, eh, but no, yeah. So anyway. I respect her in the business. Yes. Yeah. It's not gonna be my go to songs, probably. Yeah. But mad yeah. respect. Yeah. So that's how I, I don't know. She's a good storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. But not my go to. Respect. <laughs> for sure. Well, let's move into what people are here for. They're here, of course, to get to know you, but they want to learn more about confidence, right? At least we do. So if for no other reason, like we want to know. Uh, let's jump into it. Um, so, Casey, can confidence, do you think confidence can be learned or developed, or is it something people are born with? A little of both. <laughs> okay. So... It, it, let me preface this. We all have an innate confidence that we're born with, or we would never learn to walk, right? What gives us the drive to learn the new thing when you're not aware that you're learning the new thing? So you talk about 
I've got to learn to walk. I want to get from point A to point B and I have to be confident enough to get up and know that I'm going to fall and keep getting up and falling again. So there is an innate sense of confidence that all of us have. Mm -hmm. But if we leave it to chance and that's all we do with it is just lean on our, our laurels and say, hey, this is what God gave me. This is what I'm stuck with. You're doing yourself a disservice because confidence is actually a skill you can develop. Mm. And so there is, if you Google the word confidence, you're going to get 30 definitions that pop up. And I think this is what you were talking about earlier. You're like, I don't really know, like, what is confidence as Mm -hmm, opposed to like what I do in my industry, this is technical confidence or this is, but at the baseline, what I have really come to think of in my definition of confidence is the willingness to try. Mm. If you are willing to try that's how you achieve the next level. So I have to then hone in on developing the skills to build the willingness to try and know that even if I mess up, even if I make progress that isn't where I thought I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. I am grounded enough in myself that I will get out there and try again. And you build those by doing small repetitive actions. Mm. Like that's how you develop those skills. And you can focus in on certain actions if you know you're trying to achieve this goal. But at right. the end of the day, if you can look at confidence from the perspective is, I just have to get out there and try, yeah. I'm okay. And, yeah. and that I think is what, limits people is we expect that, oh, confidence would be so nice to have someday when I achieve X, Y, and Z. Maybe you're trying to achieve a title or a salary or a weight loss. You know, maybe I want to achieve all these things. Cool. But you are fighting an uphill battle if you don't first have the confidence to try. And so instead of thinking of it as it would be nice to have someday, it's a no, it's a must have today. And then I get to achieve the goal. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I like that because you gave practical steps, right? Um, Do you think that kind of developing that confidence, there has to be a level of like self-awareness to understand. Like you just said, like you just reversed it, right? Instead of thinking, oh, when I become an executive at a company, then the confidence will come with it. It's like, no, like you have to do, like you said, those little steps to try Mm -hmm. before you get that title or before you make this amount of money or before you grow to this in your business. So I think that's really powerful and that's actionable for people. Yeah. Thank you. And and I think what really, like really pushes it to that next step is saying, yes, you need the confidence to try and then Mm -hmm. you achieve that thing. Mm -hmm. And that sets your new baseline for confidence. Okay. Now I am confident here. I've already achieved this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece where you're like, Oh, I'm going to achieve this thing and then I'll be confident. That's true. It is going to build that next level up, that next Mm -hmm. notch up your confidence chain, but you first have to be willing to try. And so if you are waiting to get here and you're Mm -hmm. down here, there's a disconnect. So yeah, it's going, you're going to get to that next level Mm -hmm. and you'll be like, this is my new minimum for confidence. Yeah. So then when life does its funny little thing, like it's a sucker punch, just (laughs) kidding. Yeah. And you get knocked off your sails a little bit, you can say, okay, I need to step back and say, what can I adjust? How do I adjust these sails? Cause I'm going to try again. And that's how wow. we don't get knocked out of the game completely. That is, yeah, that's illuminating. Cause there's so many, like, <laughs> I think what's interesting is that like the misunderstanding of confidence is 
like super important because there's so many other terms that we use for like Mm -hmm. how we view the world ourselves and you know whether it be like structures or like higher powers or whatever it might be and we use the word confidence to like into it the definitions of those words and so like misunderstanding of confidence really like misaligns like how we interact in those situations like you know specifically for like um like talks about like the word faith it's like confidence in things unseen but if you don't understand like the basis of what like confidence is then you're approaching that with a with a skewed understanding and now you're saying like okay well i have confidence that this will happen it's like okay what does that mean yeah and now you're you know and i think that that contributes to a lot of the sort of like the misappropriated like effort that people put into like i am exuding more faith or i'm exuding more confidence Mm -hmm. it's like i don't it's like i don't think you get it yet bud (laughs) yeah i'm guilty of the same thing it's just like you know kind of this like hapless like trying and not really like not really putting the thought behind the intention of like increasing uh i don't know i'm gonna, I'm gonna stop there I, i'm <laughs> but, starting to trail well, yeah but you're 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 dancing around a, a true point you know i think we all have just this vague understanding of it and when you don't have a full understanding of it how do you you know clarity comes from action, but if you're not taking action, how do you ever get clear on it? So you just need to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to take the action. I'm going to try this thing. And then I can adjust and pivot. I'm going to, I'm going to learn from this because I'm, I'm just trying to get progress here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you get to keep going. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Bring it. it. (laughs) Right. Because you said, you said um, you can do actionable things before you get, let's just say someone is looking to be a part of leadership in their company, right? What are some things they can, what are some of those little action steps they can take to start building that confidence before they get that title? Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, yeah. Like what are some, what are some steps that one or two things that someone can do um, that are actionable steps, like you mentioned before they get the title, before they get the role. Absolutely. So I think one of those things is really establishing authenticity. Mm. When you are so confident in your authentic self, Mm -hmm. you naturally become more gravitational to people because you are not seeking validation. You are stepping Mm. into a role of, I got this guys, Mm -hmm. let me show you the way. Yeah. So as a leader, they talk about something called executive presence and Mm -hmm. it's a combination of things, right? But some of that is gravitas. How do you show up in a space? Mm. You know, you can be born with a certain amount of charisma, but you can also train yourself to do some of these things. And it, it starts with identifying who you are authentically. Mm -hmm. What are your values? What are your non-negotiables as a person? And knowing that you can show up in any setting, in any room, and you are the same. You're the same at home. You're the mm. same at work. You might have to facilitate things slightly, slightly differently, but you are not negotiating who you are on a baseline. And if you can authentically wow. develop that for yourself, it will give you a leg up in anything. Wow. Jeez. That's, yeah. That's the only tip we need. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say this, because like I've for a, the longest time I've tried to like, unpack that idea of like the the difference between like someone who i think you used the word like gravity mm-hmm. the person who just 
is so authentic in themselves. Like the way that they communicate, the way that they kind of like carry themselves and um, treat other people, it, it pulls other people to them and they don't like, they don't have to do the work of convincing or intimidating or trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, be like flashy. And, um, and I think like, I think I've struggled with like figuring out how to, um, you know, define that because it's hard to like, it's, or it's easy to miss watching it from a distance and seeing like two leaders who can get people to move in a direction. But like one of them, it feels like everybody is like moving with them. And the other is like the leader is pulling them in sort of forcing them Mm -hmm. in that direction. And that's, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a thing that people can feel right. Mm -hmm. The people that follow them feel that, but um, from the outside looking in, like being able to hone in and see the difference between the two skills, because I think, both are skills. One is more, I think, has a negative connotation. The other is probably more desirable, but it's a, uh, yeah. 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 And I think it's breaking down what you're wanting as out of as, out of a leader mm-hmm. because it, and I think that our culture is kind of shifted, fortunately, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you think back to leaders decades ago and it was like, who can dominate the most, right? Mm-hmm. Who can throw the most power at your face who can dominate and force and make people do a certain thing. Now we start shifting and looking at true leaders and saying, how can we build people up to Mm. be good at their role? Mm -hmm. So how can I lead without dominating? And how can I support you to become the best at what you do? Because I'm not great at everything. I can be the leader, but I still don't have all the skill sets. That's why I have a team. So as a good leader, when you are grounded in that authenticity and that confidence and you're not seeking validation and you're not also intimidated by people that are better at other skills than you mm, yeah. and you can lead from that space, mm-hmm. it, it changes the game on your team building. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Goodness. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Starting off good. That's one question. Right. Right. Okay. The next question, it kind of feeds into what you were just saying, Casey. How can cultivating confidence help business owners and entrepreneurs achieve success? Yeah. So that's a great question. And I think it's evaluating what is your term of success first. Mm -hmm. If you don't first know what you're trying to achieve, what success looks like for you, you're chasing an abstract idea. Mm -hmm. So first clarifying, what am I trying to achieve? What is success to me? Mm -hmm. And then saying, let me deconstruct this. I want this thing. It's the same like for me as a so, like a sewer when I because I do fashion things as well. Mm-hmm. So when I am trying to create a project mm-hmm. and I have a, a end result I've sketched out, I want to make this thing. Now I have to right. deconstruct it for a pattern. Right. What pieces is it going to take me to get there? So when you can then deconstruct what you want your end goal to be and figure out what those pieces are, then you can identify what's the skill I need to learn mm-hmm. to to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And those are the things you start honing in on yeah. to, for achievements. Okay. You know, it's just like you, you can't eat an elephant in a day, right? So we right. need to break it off and figure out what are our bite sizes mm-hmm. so you can start going after them. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Sorry, I know. We're I, always so awkward. I, yeah. We're all awkward. Yeah. But you know what? We own it with confidence. Yes. And that's what makes it fun. Boom. <laughs> own my awkwardness with confidence. That awkward confidence. There you go, Jimmy. Jimmy calls me. No, but Jimmy calls me weird. 
Jimmy yeah. Allen. Do you know Jimmy Allen? Yes! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Awkwardness with confidence is the same thing. It's weird. Yeah, same thing. He, yes. the, one of the first times I met Jimmy, sidebar, we were in here. <laughs> and for me, because I constantly have like a song playing or something in my head or a noise or whatever. Call that weird, I guess. And he looked at me and he was like, are you weird? <laughs> and I was like, I mean... <laughs> What's your like definition? Of what's your spectrum here? Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely am, but what's the spectrum? <laughs> right. And so that's how we like connect because he's yeah. like, I'm weird too. Like I make noises too. I'm like my weird brother. Mm-hmm. Yes. So shout out to Jimmy Allen and yeah. Liz. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. You want to do the next question? I feel like I've been dominating the conversation. No, I asking have. the question. <laughs> well, you're supposed to. It's like you're fine. Yeah. I just want to listen to you talk for Three. hours, yeah. but. I ramble and then can't land what I'm saying every right. few minutes. So you're confident in a not question, landing. Yeah, question will be nice because it has a <laughs> a, a question mark on the end, so I know <laughs> I know it's over. Yes. Um, okay, so I actually look look forward to this answer. Um, how does imposter syndrome affect business professionals, and how can they overcome it? Ooh, Lord have mercy! Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. Okay. You're answering. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this has taken me a minute, um, and. and I, I want to preface this by saying it doesn't matter how much confidence you develop. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome will st- still creep in. Let's get words out here. And that's okay. It's being able to identify it and then put a stop block on it. Right. It's like mm-hmm. shift. Mm-hmm. So imposter syndrome in my experience, working with professionals of all levels, myself, all the things creeps in when you're trying to get to that next level and you're a little like, okay, like I've kind of mastered this and here's my next thing I'm going after. And then maybe you get there and you're like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Was I really ready for this? And then you start having those doubts. Like I'm actually not qualified for this. Why did somebody think I was qualified for this? Why does somebody want to hear what I have to say? Nobody Mm. wants to see my pictures. Like I'm not, what makes me a, a you know, an industry's professional, like you start having these questions because Mm -hmm. now you're putting yourself out there in a slightly new space. You've up-leveled the game. Mm -hmm. So imposter syndrome hits and I have narrowed it down to six or seven strategies that I think really help all of us. If in those moments we can slow down, create a a tactical pause in, in our momentum and say, what are the facts? Let me assess the facts here. Mm. Okay. So maybe it's just, I'm in my own head and I re I need to reframe my thinking. So it's something I call positive opposites. This is the thought I'm having. I know it's actually not true. What is the truth? So maybe it's just as simple as a reframe, or maybe it's, you know, I actually need to like develop these skills a little bit more. Maybe I need to take a class. Yeah. Right. Maybe I need to read a book on it. Maybe whatever it might be, but you, you assess the facts so you know what to do about it. What is the actual fact? And when you can put facts around it, it makes the overall idea less scary, hmm. right? Hmm. So from there, it seeks support. Maybe hmm. maybe it's journaling. Maybe that's hmm. your support. Maybe it's talking to your BFF. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's seeking a professional to help you in a weak area. Mm-hmm. Seek support. None of us can do this alone. None of us get good at what we do alone. Yeah. And if you feel that way, you're going to be fighting imposter syndrome a long time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, after that, it's celebrating small wins. Mm. Like, how can I say, like, this is big, audacious, scary goal, but today I achieved this, and that's pretty flippant awesome, too. Let me celebrate that. Yeah. And then it gives me some, like, 
resilience, some motivation to be like, I'm going to celebrate again. Let's, like, yeah. let's do the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then we kind of touched on this early perfectionism, mm-hmm. mm. letting go of perfectionism and understanding that perfectionism is actually fear to hold you back because no one's ever going to achieve perfectionism. If you can stop and say, I just want to make progress, that fear loses its power and you get to move forward. Mm. Um, and then mm-hmm. cultivating compassion. Yeah. We are so hard on ourselves. Mm. Most of us say things to ourselves that we would never say to a friend. Some of us probably would never even say them to our nemesis because yeah. they're so awful. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we immediately go down this path of like negative self-talk, negative, like self-deprivating jokes. Mm -hmm. So if you can start saying, you know what, maybe I didn't achieve what I wanted to today, but I did pretty dang good. I got further than I was yesterday and cultivating that compassion for yourself. Again, it helps you build resiliency when things get hard. Um, Accepting it without judgment. When you assess it, when you figure out the thing and say, okay, no judgment. I just need to stick to the facts and here we go. Mm-hmm. And when you assess it without judgment, you get to stay curious. And when you stay curious, it opens up possibilities because now you haven't blocked your mind from the next thing. Mm. You get to learn from it. You get to say, okay, I am learning from this. This is not a end all be all. This is not a failure. Mm-hmm. It's a momentum I made and I'm learning from it. I'm staying curious in what I could do differently next time to achieve a different goal. So those are my steps. I'm definitely (laughs) going to use that because it is true. And I like the way you put it where it's, you have this goal, you've reached that goal. Now you're going to the next level and you're like, Oh shoot, wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really you that's thinking all that when you're well overqualified to be at that next level, or it's just going to stretch you. Right. But taking a second and pausing. Yeah. And then using that, I think that's great. Like, that's yeah, that's yeah. a much better approach. I know I've like, I've battled with imposter syndrome um, in my job as a developer. And, it means you're good at what you do. Huh. That means you're good at what you do. She said. <laughs> uh, well, I've so the pendulum has swung from I have a immense amount of confidence and belief that I'm good at what I do, and then back to like why, like why would anybody have let me drive this? Right? Yeah. Like it's a constant like back and forth and so it it does have a big impact on like my mental health and like how i go about my day but yeah yes absolutely and that's that's the thing is like the way it affects our mentality on things is where Mm -hmm. it gets it can become out of control really quickly and that's why it's like okay maybe i just need to take a tactical pause here and say maybe it's two minutes of breath work you know Mm -hmm. resetting your nervous system with some deep breathing yeah you know journaling, take it, take a small action step. There's all these things that are strategies that I like to teach and coach on for these reasons. And I I have to do myself all the time. Yeah, Like you can be rest assured. I sat in my car before walking in here and was like, Oh, I got this. And I'm speaking on a subject matter. I'm like, yeah, all about. So, but you still have to have those moments where you give yourself that pause. Yeah. That's true. I need to start doing that because when I'm, when I, mine mainly comes from social media, like scrolling on social, I'm like, man, look at what they're doing or whatever. Right. Mm. Especially with someone in the industry, which is terrible. Oh yes. Comparison is the worst. It, and I'm like, man, like, look at what they, you know, so anywho, my go-to is like, there's like three accounts on TikTok I will go to and they just make me laugh. It's probably not healthy, 
But I was telling my sister, I'm like, I feel like this is like I can laugh and not think about anything for like 15 minutes. Sometimes it's longer than that. But I like this. This is a healthier strategy that actually helps us make progress. So I actually was having this conversation yesterday with somebody because I am also a person that uses laughter to handle awkward situations. And I was like, I said the same thing. This probably isn't healthy for me because I'm like, this is like probably not normal to laugh in this moment. Yeah. And, and the conversation we were having around that is as long as you don't stay stuck in that, like then you start taking action. Right. But it is healthy because laughter changes Mm. the way you feel. It it changes. It shifts your mood from, Ooh, to, Oh, (laughs) and and so when you can take that, even if it's laughter for 15 minutes, it's okay. Okay. It's just as, as as long as you're implementing something next. Right. Right. Because, Laughter might shift you out of that thing, but it's not going to change the direction of the needle. Mm-hmm. So it'll shift you out of that gear, but then what is the action step you take to move next? Yeah. And so it's like you've, you're doing the first part. What's yeah. what's the step you're going to take next? Right. So right. I, I think you're just you're headed in absolutely the right direction. Just take the next right. step and don't stay stuck yeah. in what yeah. happened before the laughter. Yes, you got out of the gear with the laughter. Yeah, but it. If you don't change directions, you're still going on the same course. That makes yeah. sense. Totally. Beautifully said. So that kind of, I guess, that question or the thought that I had about the answer to that question leads into the next question, which is, is it possible for for someone to be overconfident? Because that's, you know, like I was mentioning, something I struggle with is that pendulum swing back and forth from like, over overconfidence where I get feelings of like, Oh damn, I like, I need to be like humble. Like I need to, <laughs> you know, find some humility because I'm not, I'm not that great. Like good at what I do, but I'm not that great. And so, um, yeah. Can you speak to that? Is it possible for someone to be overconfident? So I don't believe it's possible to be overconfident okay. because I believe that true authentic confidence is grounded in humility. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that because if you are authentically confident, you're not seeking validation. Right. Mm-hmm. You just know that if it's not for that person, what you have to offer, it's okay. You're going to attract the people it is for. Mm-hmm. When you are, what we talked about earlier, like authentic, you get to draw in those right people for you and you get to be confident in that. Right. And I don't think there is any point of being overconfident. Now, I believe there is egotism. Mm. There is bragg- you know, braggadocious people. Mm-hmm. There is but that is actually not confidence. Right. That is lack of confidence with a mask on. Right. Mm. You know, when people are showing up cocky, bragging all the time, mm-hmm. you know, look at me over, um, you know, one upping you in a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's not confidence. Mm-hmm. That's lack of mm-hmm. wearing a mask. And yeah. so it's being able to identify that, you know, you can be humble. And I think some of those humble people I know are truly confident. And I don't mean that to say you can't have those moments. You're like, Good job. Like I, I nailed that. Like you, cause that's celebrating the win. Right. Yeah. But it's now, are you going over to somebody that's the step behind you and saying, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. you know, that's the shift. Yeah. It's like yeah. You want to be able to celebrate that. You are really good. You get to own that. Yeah. And that doesn't make you not humble. Mm-hmm. It's recognizing, okay, cool. I I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. Now, what can I do better? And yeah. you know, but you're, you're authentic in your confidence and that is grounded in humility. Mm. Wow. That just gave me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's not that they're overconfident. It's lack of confidence with a mask on. Yeah. So 
And that's when you mm. run into people with big egos and, and yeah. this is not going to be a popular opinion for people that are struggling with this right now. Yeah. Sorry yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You but, need to hear it. No. But, but check yourself, like step yeah. back and say, Ooh, why am I feeling the need to always do this stuff? Yeah. You that's know, true. Yeah. Hmm. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. Is, am I up or you? Um, I believe you are up. Okay. What role do colors and patterns in clothing play in affecting our mood and confidence? And how can we use them to our advantage? Ooh, I like this question. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have the fashion background. Yes. So, and there's so much science behind this as well. So it's not just art and woo. Yeah. There's like, there's, there's science backed in a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, but it's like anything colors patterns they elicit emotions mm-hmm. they um can accentuate or de-emphasize things so when you talk about like colors when you're wearing them right mm-hmm. they can create confidence within you because you know that these are the colors that you know make your skin more more words words were a struggle <laughs> there make your skin look more vibrant mm-hmm. as opposed to feeling less tired or more tired mm-hmm. you know there's there's confidence in that area where you start to really understand what colors really look good on you from a camera perspective like mm-hmm. that when somebody's showing up on camera mm-hmm. uh you know whether it be film or photography those things help you feel more confident you're mm-hmm. like i know i'm gonna look good here mm-hmm. but from a different perspective of they teach this in sales training a lot there are averages, right? We know from a science perspective, over and over, tried and true, blue is the thing they teach salespeople to wear the most often when they're closing big deals. Mm-hmm. It elicits the emotion of trustworthiness, of loyalty, of honesty and integrity. So mm-hmm. people that are trying to close big deals, companies often train them to show up in a blue suit, mm-hmm. yeah. blue, 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 because yeah. they know that this color elicits something. Yeah. From a more personal standpoint versus just like the masses, it's understanding what colors elicit those emotions out of you. There's a really cool book and I am totally blanking on the name of it right now. So I apologize, but it helps you figure out what your colors are. What color creates energy and focus for you? What colors agitate you? What colors um, help you feel powerful? What colors calm you down? Colors can create moods within your brain Mm -hmm. and your nervous system. And the same thing with patterns. There are Mm -hmm. patterns that just drive people crazy. They're so busy, they're hard on the eyes, whatever it might be, or they're just loud and obnoxious, super bold. Um, And and those things, recognizing those things and being intentional Mm -hmm. on how you choose your wardrobe, how you decorate your office, Mm -hmm. how you decorate your lobby for the customers coming in. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to achieve? And then stepping back and saying, what colors are going to help me achieve that? What patterns, what textures are going to help me achieve that emotion? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Cause now I'm like thinking back, I'm like the colors, right? This is probably a terrible example, but like, I think of Chris Card. What's the mom's name of the Kardashians? Chris, Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner. Yeah. yeah, she's not Kardashian anymore. But she always wears black, right? And when I think of black, it's like, well, but the way she wears it, it's like power almost a little bit, like authority. Mm-hmm. And so my, that's like my sister's go-to color. But for them, it means something different. If Kyle were to wear all black all the time, I'd be like, are you all right? You like having a moment? <laughs> like what? You know, so I guess it depends on the person too, would you say? like 100%. Okay. 
Yeah. There's a baseline, like I said, where there's like these studies that pull averages, right? Yeah. But there is absolutely the finite things that are person to person. Yeah. Because, and, and you see it a lot, like even in culturally, like people in New York look at black as very much their power color. Mm. But there's also, when you look over time, the New York City's dirty. You're on subways. Black doesn't show dirt. Mm. I don't know if you've ever worn white on a subway. I have. Uh. It doesn't end well. <laughs> so also understanding environment plays a role in yeah. some of those choices that you make yeah. and, and how those things happen. But so it's interesting because a lot of it's environmental, it's cultural, yeah. but it's also so personal. And that's yeah. why people yeah. are like, um, you know, what, what color looks good on you? Are you a warm tone or a cool tone? People talk about this when they're picking out hair colors for themselves and mm-hmm. clothes and those kinds of things. Yeah. Because they are, it is so personal and it's mm-hmm. so um, finite for each person's, like the nuances of it. Yeah. Like you can wear red and the shade of red that I'm going to like is going to be totally different. But they're technically both red. Yeah. That is so interesting. So it's understanding the nuances for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. like my, my immediate, like I'm immediately going to the like, the science of color and like how, how colors are made up. And so, and I can't remember like right off the top of my head right now, but whether or not white or black is the, the, the existence of all color or the absence, like they're one or the other, like mm-hmm. they're opposite ends. But um, when you gave the example about the subway, like it made me think about the fact that like, let's just say if white were the, like the absence of all colors and it were just kind of like a blank canvas and right. it's, getting like it's getting impacted by its environment and so it kind of presents this really like uh sort of like innocent or um like less like it doesn't have anything to say it doesn't have anything to like contribute but it's getting impacted and it's getting things put on it and then for the black example for like um chris jenner for like your sister they are like coming to this with like we have everything to say. We have yeah. everything to contribute because everything is in us. Like mm-hmm. that's the the portrayal of that color. But mm-hmm. that's true. I'm just thinking yeah. back on you mentioned film, like in movies, right? Typically, if you see someone wearing all white in a re- in a movie, I mean, mm-hmm. unless they're like getting married, of course. If they're in all white, you can almost like. Uh, forecast or project that they're going to get dirty. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and then it's going to be funny. It's like, yeah. oh, you got the drink. You know what right. I'm saying? So yeah. that makes sense. That's true. It, yeah. it 100% does. And, or that they're like the protagonist, right? Because right. right. often villains are in black. Yeah. You know, or a dark shade of purple or, right. you know. So it's interesting, like, again, yeah. even how, it, like, the film industry has shaped yeah. our thoughts on colors. Yeah. And some of that shows up as well in yeah, a lot of this. Totally. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate that we can like have this conversation <laughs> and like it not be like weird or racial or anything like that. Cause no, it's yeah. not like, it's not about that at that level. And I know there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that be like, well, it's this way. It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, like that is, that's a thing, but it's a, it's a dumb thing and it shouldn't be that way. Like, yeah. This is actual, like real science and not just like, you know, yeah. And from the perspective of like me helping people with dressing and wardrobe yeah. and stuff, so many people that come to me are a, a lot of the struggles that people come to me with is, is insecurities around weight. Right. Yeah. And what I have noticed with, and even I did this myself, this mm-hmm. comes from a very personal place. When you are insecure with yourself, what do you want to do? You want to hide? Mm-hmm. Well, 
black helps you hide. Mm. You know, it's like, it's not going to stand out in a crowd. Now, if you're going to wear neon green, Mm -hmm. like, so it's, it's being able to understand too, like, are you wearing black because it feels like your power color and it's boosting you up? Or are you wearing black as a mask to hide and being able to identify that with people alongside with people helps them really own the power of their wardrobe that much more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Really it's cool. like one way or the other, kind of. <laughs> I know it's like you're gonna be seen or you're gonna be hidden. Yeah. It's yeah. all, but it all boils down to the person. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. So interesting because you can be just as bold in black. You just gotta do it right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. Your turn. My turn. Tag. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, how can wearing clothes that fit well and make you feel good about yourself boost your confidence levels in social situations? I think you kind of just touched on this a little bit, but you'd like to expound on that. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been in fashion for 17 years. I have a degree in design. I am certified as a stylist. I have worked with major, major companies, um, both in PR and merchandising, as well as in styling for big brands and fashion photography and runways and all the things. And what I have found in this industry is it can be really, really ugly mm-hmm. when it's supposed to be really, really beautiful. Yeah. And what happens with people in clothing is our society, our culture has put this message out that to be really, really pretty, this is your box. Yeah. How many of the corners in the box do you fill up? Or are you outside of the box? And when we identify ourselves as not in the box or not filling up enough corners of the box, now that makes us feel some sort of way about ourselves. Now we're carrying around some sort of like less than mentality, unworthiness mentality, shame even. And that makes clothing detrimental to people because Mm -hmm. that's what makes going to dressing rooms hard. It's like, this is miserable because I'm never going to be good enough. Yeah. And, and that is where I want to help people unlabel themselves with this. I'm not saying that you can't want to lose weight. Maybe your doctors told you that will help your blood pressure or whatever. Great. These are great goals. But again, this goes back to what we talked about earlier. You're waiting until you achieve this thing to like yourself first. And now you're fighting an uphill battle. If I can get you to like yourself where you're at, then it's so much easier to achieve the goal. Mm -hmm. so whatever that goal is so often with clothing and having proper fit and understanding the basic fundamentals of art balance proportion line color you can then take that unique and amazing body that you're in right now Mm -hmm. and you can dress it in a way that makes you feel really confident Mm. we're going to de-emphasize the things that you're maybe a little more insecure about we're going to emphasize the things that you consider assets right now and when you can get dressed and utilize your clothing from that space you can own it right now you don't have to wait until you've achieved the xyz corner of the box that you think you have to fit in and then the really cool thing is As you go along that way and you're already feeling really great about yourself first, Mm -hmm. you might recognize that you don't need this other thing. You know what I mean? Like, is it real? When I can help people and I I get focused in on weight a lot because it's the one I hear the most. It's Mm -hmm. not the only thing. You know, there's lots of my shoulders are too broad. My nose is too big. There's like all things that kind of screw with our self-confidence on image related things. Right. But so not trying to just attack people like from the weight loss perspective, it's just the one most common. So 
when I can help people detach their desire for weight loss Mm -hmm. from a beauty perspective and say, this is for my health. And I believe in it from a true health standpoint, you approach it so differently Mm -hmm. because you already feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that helps. That's where the pendulum swings for you. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, because like, if you think about it from like objectively, if there's something that you don't like, you're not necessarily motivated to improve it. Exactly. So I get, true. you're sitting there all day, like all day long dogging yourself about something Yeah. and you're like, and this comes, this is something I did mm-hmm. um, coming from like the modeling industry and stuff that I was in for a while. My whole self-confidence was tied to my weight. I didn't realize it. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't sit down and say in the morning, like, look at me on the scale. You know, I'm so confident today. Right. <laughs> but the minute I was stripped of that, and I didn't have control because I was dealing with some health things, yeah. my self-worth plummeted. And then I started mm. self-sabotaging myself. I didn't think I was worth my job. I didn't think I was worth my friends. Yeah. I stopped showing up in social settings. I didn't want to be in photos because wow. I didn't like myself. Yeah. And it really had nothing to do with my weight at all. It was because my mentality around my worth was tied to the wrong thing. Yeah. And so when I can help people shift that perspective, whatever that one thing is, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's understanding what that thing is and now helping you reshape and build around it. Yeah. And and I've seen this, you know, um, a lot with my clients that are coming out of double mastectomies and their identity mm. of losing their womanhood or people coming out of the military and their whole identity is tied to this uniform. And now they're getting a civilian job and they're like, yeah. oh, crap, like, how do I bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because you have unknowingly, subconsciously tied your entire identity, your enti- entire worth to X, Y, Z. Yeah. Maybe it's a job title and you lost that job, you got laid off. Yeah. Maybe, you know, so it doesn't matter what it is, weight or otherwise. It's being able to say, you know what, there's a whole lot of other things that make you worthy that you can build confidence on. Yeah. Let me teach you those. Let me show you those. And that's where you get to go into the next phase. Mm. So on that, just to dig a little deeper, mm-hmm. like what is, um, what is a healthy practice for someone to uncover those things that are like worthwhile of attaching your identity to, or should there be like things like a list of things that you attach your identity to? Like, how do you define like a healthy way for someone to like say, this is who I am in, you know? Yeah, that's actually a great question. And I think this goes all the way back to understanding what are your core values? Mm -hmm. What makes you at your baseline? Because values drive that. If yeah. if you can understand, and this if this happens a lot in, in like shopping habits, if right. you know when I talked with clients with shopping habits, um, behaviors are driven by beliefs. Mm. Habits are driven by emotion. Mm. So if you can understand what your belief system is and what you truly believe to be true and important, um, you know what are your like, I believe that honesty is something I can't live without, you know? So when you can identify your worth around those characteristics that you consider non-negotiables, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You still have those characteristics. Nobody can strip you of those. You might change your title. Your weight might fluctuate. You might have some big medical thing. Maybe you're an amputee. Those things can all shift and change through time. Life unfortunately, isn't always kind. Mm -hmm. But if you can be grounded in who you are from a baseline value perspective, and for myself, like as, as with like a 
Christian perspective. I'm not trying to push this on anybody, but Mm -hmm. that for me, my baseline is what am I in the image of Christ? Who am I grounded there? Mm -hmm. And then I don't have to worry about anything else. Now it doesn't mean those voices don't creep in and I still don't have my moments where I'm like, Oh, look at her on IG. Like she's so much better. But because I've been able to identify those, I can catch myself in that moment and shake it a lot quicker. So I don't now have to base my whole value on whatever insecurity I'm having. Yeah. Um, Mm. So I would say, take it back to the core, like strip away all the things that are built around that core and find your core and things like simple journaling exercises can help you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I just got into journaling. Um, I have, I bought a guided journal from Mm -hmm. um, Tabitha Brown actually came out with it, which I love her. And, um, Cause I hear that all the time. I journal and I'm like, what do I journal about? So hers is guided. And I started doing that like yesterday and I'm like, this is a- no, this morning. I was like, this is actually helpful to like get the thoughts out of my head onto paper and start my day like that. And it gives you a prompt like, Hey, list these things are talk. I'm like, man, this is so like, yeah, what I has know. This been all my life? And those <laughs> habits can be really hard to build. It feels daunting. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, Find one thing. Yeah. Like find one practice that takes you two minutes and just commit to it for 30 days and see how different, like, you know, it doesn't have to be big. You don't have to make it this big. I'm going to get up 30 minutes early and yeah. have my cup of coffee and sit in, you know, with a candle lit. Like people try to make it too big and then yeah. they don't do it. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't get a candle from the store today. I can't start today. <laughs> yeah. Just find two minutes to do something yeah. to start shifting those things. And it's like, it it will it will fall into place. You just have to be willing to start small. Yeah, totally, absolutely. I'm guilty of that. I got to get up at four thirty. I'm starting something new. Four <laughs> thirty. And that works for some people. It really does. Yeah. But it also becomes like this subconscious strategic avoidance that we hit, and we're like, "Look at me! All these reasons I can't do this today." Mm-hmm. Like you oh, know, darn. <laughs> it's Thursday. Yeah. I got to start a diet on Monday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let me. Eat everything I can this weekend. Like we we yeah. all do that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, totally. It's like, are you on the phone with me? When it, you must be listening to my conversations <laughs> I have with my sister. Like, Hello, I'm gonna start on the first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> clean plate right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. We all do it. It's all good. <laughs> okay. I love that. Here's. A, a question that I'm super interested in. I feel like we've been saying that about every question. Um, <laughs> do you think the act of getting dressed and putting on an outfit can become a form of self-care and boost our confidence? And how can we incorporate this into our daily routine? I think that came from a place of everyone's remote now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me, when I was working remote, I don't know. It just did something when I got up in the morning and I actually put on an outfit and put on makeup and comb my hair versus working all day in my pajamas. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? So absolutely. Clothing is (laughs) self-care. Let me teach you how to spend your money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. But in, in all seriousness, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've said this before to other people, and I joke about it, but it's so real. Yeah. When COVID hit, our systems that are ingrained in us were mm-hmm. were destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, our timelines were different. Our needs were different. All these things, like everything just became 
what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, so people would. Now I'm working remote. I've gone into a bank for 30 years, put on my suit every day for 30 years, and now I'm doing my job from a computer where no one sees me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to roll out of bed in my sweats and move right on over to the computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now you're fighting evolution. Mm-hmm. And I, it sounds crazy and big, but now you're fighting how we are designed as humans over generations mm-hmm. of we have built in these internal mechanisms mm-hmm. of like this turns your brain on. Mm-hmm. And one of those activities is showers, changing your clothes. You know, some people, their morning routine includes exercise, whatever it might be, but yeah. you're no longer doing that one activity that I call you know, the ignition switch of your mm-hmm. day, yeah. you know, there's something we've all always done because we left the house to go do it. Right. Now we're not doing that. And you never actually turned on your ignition switch. Mm. So, you know, I was like, I had a client that was telling me, she's like, I'm just not very productive. Like, she's like, I know what I need to be doing. I have my list. I do my to-do list every night. Cause she likes to cross it off. And she was, but I get to my computer and I'm just like, Meh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so in all seriousness, did you put pants on today? Mm-hmm. Like, like, and it's funny yeah. sounding. And she's yeah. like, well, I mean, I have my pajama bottoms on. And I'm like, I don't care if it's a different pair of sweatpants. Put in the action of changing your clothes. Mm. It turns your ignition on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that for me is one thing, particularly with COVID um, that I saw. But even from a baseline of think of how many of us walk into a closet and it's filled brim to brim and we go, I don't have anything to wear. Yeah. Me, like, like all of us, like every female I know, (laughs) probably. Don't you say any? A lot of men I know do this too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So, so if if you're walking into a closet that is overstuffed and you think you have nothing to wear, that means you do not have things that are intentional for your lifestyle and your needs anymore, and that you are now filling your morning with clutter. Mm. So you start your day in mental disarray because you're like seeing all this stuff and none of it's connecting with you. You're like, mm. Mm, 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 mm. so then we try on the outfit and we're like, mm, okay, no, nope. Take it off, throw it on the bed, try on the second outfit. Nope. Take it off. Try, you know, and then 27 outfits later, <laughs> you have a whole bunch of clothes to hang back up and you went back to outfit number one. Cause it was the least bad. It's like he lives <laughs> in our house or something. Uh, yeah. I'm like, only say good things because you got to be with me after this podcast. The amount of strength that it's taken to not like turn and look. Oh, you can look. I'll look back. It's just amazing. Okay, well, I'm going to look at everybody. Yeah. This is something we all do. Yeah. This is not just her. Yes. I do do that. I do do. Yeah. But I say that and it sounds kind of funny, but it's so real. And so if I can say, do a couple activities to shift that for you and truly make clothing be a part of your self-care ritual. It's being intentional with your shopping habits. How many of us go and we're like looking through sales racks and we just buy stuff because it's too good of a deal to pass up. Mm -hmm. And then it's hanging in our closet six months later with the tags on it. (laughs) We already have three other green shirts. We didn't need another green shirt, but we're buying out of emotions and habits Mm -hmm. instead of intentionally from beliefs. And so Go into your closet and audit it. Assess. Like, if this does not fit you right now, it gotta go. And I'm not saying that you gotta throw it away or donate it if you're just terrified to let it go. Everyone's always like, but I fluctuate and wait. No, you do not fluctuate that much. That is a lie. I'm saving that for when I lose weight. You wore that when you were 10 and you're 42. (laughs) 
a box and shove it under your bed because yeah. it's going to screw up your morning with mental yeah. clutter. Yeah. And then that affects your time management. Yeah. When you've tried on 27 outfits, you're late. <laughs> you are now rushing out the door because you're late. Yeah. And so save yourself the energy and the time by setting yourself up with simple things like having a closet that's really supporting you mm-hmm. right now, today, in the body you have today with your lifestyle today, yeah. you know, so it's it's those little things. Go in and do a little audit and find your five favorite things. Five Find your five items that you cannot live without, that you think you cannot live without. And then sit down with a pen and paper and say, why can I not live without this item? Yeah. And you're going to be blown away at what you discover. Because a lot of people, their items they can't live without is because, well, th- this is for my fat day. Or this is like, now we're using clothes to hide. Mm. we're not setting ourselves up for feeling confident when we walk out the door and that's what we chose to wear. Yeah. Wow. So this is how clothing becomes self-care. So <laughs> I just, so I wanted to ask about this because <laughs> like, this is actually surprisingly, this is a, a very, uh, it's a ten, tension filled topic of conversation for us, for our marriage. Yeah. Oh. Right. So this is something I'm not a counselor. I'm going to, I am not licensed. I'm just preface this right now. Yeah. So yeah. Casey, you're on the clock as our counselor. Um, But so my, the way that I approach, I guess, clothing is I am a absolute like comfort goblin. I'm like, is it, is it going to like, am I going to be like as comfortable as I can possibly be? whether I'm standing, sitting, moving, doing things, mm-hmm. running. Like, that's the first thing my mind goes to, whether it's, like, <laughs> clothes, shoes, like, hats, yeah. whatever. Like, I don't do, like, any, like, jewelry or accessories because I'm like, ah, it might, like, pinch or pull or something like that. Like, I, I'm just not into it. That's my watch. Um, yeah, I wear my watch because this has a specific function. <laughs> and it is helpful throughout my day. It allows me comforts because I don't have to go to my phone to do something. So mm-hmm. it's a part of that, like, that, that function like variant. So in your like professional opinion, um, would you say that that's a, like a healthy way to view clothing? Like, you know, based on like everything that you said, you know, and there is some importance to like the colors and like what types of things I wear, like I wear Mm -hmm. graphic t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that from, you know, TV shows and movies that I watch, but that's just like, Oh, I think this looks cool. That kind of thing. But as far as like, what I don't know, like termed as like high fashion or like, Oh yeah, this is like in season. I'm like, I just don't care at all. Yeah. You don't have to care. (laughs) So what is, yeah. Teach me. So here, I think you're right to a point with a caveat. So it, people get stuck in the idea that has to be either or Mm -hmm. why can't it be both? So, so here's, here's the teaching point that I am going to hit on with that. You're doing it right and saying, what is my day look like? Mm-hmm. I want to wear things that serve a purpose. You said it with your watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? You choose this because it serves a value in your day. Mm-hmm. You choose clothes out of comfort because it serves a value for your day. You're moving a lot. You're doing things that create something that can cause you know, snagging, pulling, catching, whatever that might be. So you've done the right things in being like, I'm going to be intentional for my day. Yeah. But then have you taken it the next step and say... I can be comfortable and aware of those things and still look professional. 
Right. And, and I'm, I don't know. I'm not saying you don't do yeah. that, but, but those are the those are the two questions you ask yeah. because it becomes how can I set myself up for success in my lifestyle in my day, yeah. and how can I be situationally aware? And I think that's where our culture is missing right now. Nobody wants to say I'm going to a wedding. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't show up in my bunny slippers. Right. You know, but, but you see all the things now. Yeah. And I don't say this to be ugly or mean, but walk through the airport and look around. And I'm like, do you think these people are really operating from a space of confidence and like setting themselves up for success? So that brings up a question. (laughs) Do you like when you are getting ready to take or get on an airplane, do you have like my sister dresses up to go to the airport? Mm -hmm. Is that something you do? So I dress up for everything. Okay. <laughs> but that's authentic to me. I yeah, love to dress that's up. That's her though. She's so, in fashion too. Yeah. So, so yeah. I enjoy the art of dressing. Yeah. That's not everybody's style. And that's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this hoodie and this hat and all these, that's great. Mm-hmm. It fits your day. You've coordinated it. You put intention behind it. Now, would you want to walk into a board meeting like that? I don't know. So yeah. who are you meeting with? But those are the next yeah. steps to the question you ask. Yeah. yeah. What What is the situation of my day and who yeah. do I need to show up as? Is it CEO or is it camera guy? Sure. Because sometimes we're not always the same person day to day. And when yeah. you can ask the next question, you find the clothes and there's so much technology in in clothing now that mm-hmm. you can look really polished and tailored in a golf pant that stretches and moves. Yeah. So it's finding those pieces that fit both. Mm-hmm. Like how can I be comfortable and, and feel authentic in myself and just like chill vibes, but still be like, you know, I can walk into a meeting with a, a potential client and feel like I am showing up as the boss that I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's both instead of just one or the other, I think. No, that's good. So your hoodie's okay for today. Yeah, I guess I guess the reason I asked that is because like sometimes there'll be times when, you know, we'll get into a discussion about something and I'll like I'll put something on and I just feel like like a fraud. Like I'm just like like you said, like I'm putting on a mask and I'm yeah. just like I hate it. Like and I try to just be, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna do this. My wife wants me to do it. Man, happy wife, happy life kind of thing. <laughs> There's um, some confidence in that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I get over it eventually, but like the initial is like, I feel like I've been like, my identity has been like stripped. And so I'm like, how, you know, so we need to find stuff that's comfortable. Yeah. And maybe that's the shift, right? Is I, I, and I don't want anybody. And this is something I'm big on. Like I could go and dress anybody to look good in terms of fashion standards. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'd go put you in an outfit, like GQ buddy, you're ready. Like walk on, but you're going to be like, I feel like I'm an imposter. And then I haven't done my job because Mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel like an imposter. That doesn't set you up for success either. Yeah. Yeah. So it's finding that. Where is that sweet spot? Where is it? Do you feel confident? Where is it? You feel authentic, Yeah. but you're also situationally aware of who and what you're doing that day. Right. And it's the balance. And and that's what makes fashion hard, not Mm -hmm. fashion. That's what makes style hard. Fashion is what you buy. Style is what you do with it. And that is what makes style hard for people because nobody trained you on that. Yeah. You learn what you learn from your peers, your mom, your aunt, your uncle, whoever you grew up around. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. But you haven't been actually taught. Yeah. So it's a skill like anything else. Yeah. And that's where I come in to help you develop your own skill. Yeah. Maybe that's what I need to learn style. Um, yeah. Just uh That's <laughs> all right. Sorry. So I, I hope you don't feel like thrown under the bus here. No, no. I'm I am I want to learn. Like if I'm wrong, I want to be corrected. 
No, I I don't think you're wrong. I think you were just missing a piece. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So since I have nothing to wear in my (laughs) 500 pieces of clothing, it sounds like I need to go shopping with Casey. (laughs) Yeah. It is true. I have all those clothes. I'm like, I don't have anything to wear. That's why I was late this morning. Yeah. No comment. (laughs) Thank you. Very smart. Well, and to that point, I don't want people to feel like they have to just go and throw everything out either. Yeah. There are things that probably do need to be what I call bless and release. Mm-hmm. Like go bless somebody else with it. Let that ish go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's just because you haven't taken the time to really ask yourself and become aware of what you do need. And you maybe already have it in your closet. Yeah. It's stepping back and taking the tactical pause to say, ooh. What does serve me right now? What do I want? Yeah. What makes me feel confident and how do I want to move forward? And you might already have half that wardrobe. You just don't know it because you're not aware of it. Totally. I think what makes me feel most confident is when I find a pair of jeans that don't, like these jeans I love when I first put them on, but halfway through the day now I got like diaper butt because they've been stretched out. (laughs) You know, to me, I'm like, if I got a good pair of jeans. Yeah. Jeans are the bane of every woman's existence oh so on on that note i'm gonna do you mind if i give you a little tip okay so when you are dealing with diaper booty (laughs) 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 something to pay attention to before you buy the jean Mm -hmm. so when you try them on you're like oh i like these these are great if you will stop and look at the fabric content if they have over two to three percent elastine, they're going to give you diaper booty because they're going to keep stretching through the day. So some jeans now are made with seven, 14 percent mm. of elastine or spandex. And so they're just going to keep on stretching. So if you have one that tops out at three maximum and that percentage on your fabric content, they're going to hold their shape a lot better, but still give you some flexibility. And okay. movement. That's good to so know. There's your tip for jean buying. Okay. Because when I tried them on, I was like, okay. And then, yeah, now it's like, I can fit a whole other person in these. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I need to go shopping for jeans. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Got it? Yep. Well, that's like all the questions that we really had, unless you had anything else. No. This has been great. Yeah. I've learned a lot. We both need to go shopping with Casey. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no more than three percent of elastic in our jeans. No, but but in all seriousness, like I can't wait to go back to and listen to this myself because you were just like dropping little nuggets like it was nothing. Like yeah, yeah so it's like Thank wait a minute, know. let me write it down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I told was, you I was gonna nerd out on you. <laughs> like, this was really good. I, I can really appreciate it. It gave me a whole new perspective on what confidence is and also the way you define it it's like maybe we are more confident especially as business owners as small business owners in the community Absolutely. right going out to these networking events you can feel like such a sometimes you can feel alone or like you're this small person but the way you define it today it's like maybe I am more confident in what I thought and maybe me being a little bit nervous is okay because that means I'm growing mm-hmm. um, and I'm confident because I'm willing to try so Man, yeah, this is really good. Well, do you have any questions for us? Well, I would be curious just because of the business that you guys do, how does that affect the people that show up to work with you? Like, do you see that a lot? Like, are you having to coach through that with people? Mm -hmm. How do you adapt to those situations on camera, on film, on podcasting? Yeah. Yeah. 
Want me to answer you? Um, I'll answer first. Okay. From the technical side, right? Okay. Like as a a cinematographer, like when someone shows up and they're, or they're before they show up, you want to give them enough information about like, you know, which colors will look good based on the set that we're going to do. And then also like what types of things will be like flattering from a very, very high level, like just giving them like basic tips if they've never been on camera. Um, And that's important for us because the more confident that they are, the more they show up ready to, you know, share whatever it is that they're sharing. Um, that makes our job easier because mm-hmm. we don't have to um, like, we don't have to do the job of like telling them, Hey, you're doing a great job while we're shooting. And we don't have to like build them up as much. Like mm-hmm. they're already ready and confident and they feel good. So from a, you know, from that side. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty so much setting it. them up for success ahead of time with some of those little things. Yeah. I could see that being super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to deal with them on the fly. Yeah. Totally. As yeah, much for as sure. Much. <laughs> yeah. And also, oh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, I forgot one thing. So I was going to say like how we, like how we choose to light things. And, you know, we, we do make decisions based on like, you know, people's appearance, like where cameras are set up in that side, that sort of thing, because there is emotion tied to like, you know, where in terms of your eye level, your mm-hmm. camera is set. So mm-hmm. um, we make decisions based on that. And then we kind of try to give them like based on if we think it'll be helpful or not, like allow them to see themselves, like give them a mirror or we don't do that based on, mm-hmm. you know, our interaction with them knowing like whether or not that will make them feel better or worse. If it'll make them feel worse, then we just, you know, have monitors for ourselves for reference. But if it'll make them feel better and more confident about what they're talking about, then we'll give them a reference monitor and say like, Hey, this is what it looks like. And they'll be like, Oh, okay. I look good. And you know, nice. So I love it. Depends on that is it. I yeah, promise. Yeah. Don't you interrupt me again. <laughs> I'm being confident in that. Yeah. Just like something bad will happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one more. I'm just kidding. Uh, For me in particular, I think we've kind of talked about this, which is what prompted me asking you to come on here is um, we we see it a lot. Yeah. On the like when we're doing the big production type stuff, but especially in the photography. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it is the confidence thing. Maybe they want to lose weight or maybe they've lost weight and they're like, I want to hide this or, um, you know, maybe their hair is, I mean, there's so many different things. Um, and so I was joking this morning when I was talking to some people and I was like, sometimes these uh, sessions turn into like therapy. Like, and I, I, I find myself like, no, you're fine. Like if we don't do it here, like I can fix it in post. And so it's just really getting them like, you are okay. And then kind of the second thing we hear outside of physical appearances, the confidence and like, who, who wants to like, listen to me, right? Who 100%. cares about my story? Who cares? Like uh, who wants to hear me talk? And I'm like, there's so much power mm-hmm. in that. Right. It's not even, they're like, I don't want to look stupid, you know, so many different things like that. And so, um, yeah, I didn't realize how much that would like come up. Um, but, I think now more than ever, I've heard that a lot more, especially from females. Oh yeah. I could see that. So, but I was curious if you guys were seeing that a lot and yeah. how you were like trying to mm-hmm. troubleshoot and yeah. deactivate on the fly. Like, yeah. Hey, like we're trying to get through this cause you're going to rock it. We yeah. can ask you here for, yeah. for funsies. <laughs> One of the yeah. things that I try to do during every, we can't do this with video, but anybody that comes in and takes 
um, any type of pictures, I turn mm-hmm. on music. Like that's the one thing that helps because it is awkward if yes. you're just sitting there with the lights and I'm like, hey, what do you yes. want to listen to? And that kind of lightens the mood a little bit. Then they get a little bit comfortable. Um, and then, like you mentioned, well, both of y'all mentioned, too, the angles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I know there's something that they don't particularly like, maybe about their chin, okay, I need to do a certain angle or have certain lighting yeah. so that it doesn't accentuate that. It kind of right. camouflages it a little bit. And so um, those are things. It's different for every person. So, you know, yeah. we've been doing this long enough to kind of understand this is the scenario. This is how we can quickly make them feel comfortable. So, yeah, yeah. I'm always fascinated how like confidence shows up in different industries, right. Yeah. And how yeah. it affects or helps or aid. Like, so I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now we can be better at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we can be better at it. For Watch sure. out future clients. You're getting homework. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Honestly. They're going to have poses you study ahead of time. Yep. For real. Like, <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yep. Um yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. It's well, very last question, which is my oh favorite question. Oh. What's like the highest award you can win in like fashion? Is there awards in fashion? There are. Um it probably depends on the industry, obviously. Like if it's film, it would be an Oscar, right? Okay. You know, like costume things okay. like that. Which yeah. is probably my most recent like delving into what, what my last work in fashion was for company was fashion okay. or costume related. So that's yeah. cool. Okay. So imagine you've just won an Oscar. Mm. Casey Sullivan to the stage or whatever they say. So what are you saying in your thank you speech? Thank you for whoever designed this amazing dress. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really good up here. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> It's funny because you stop and think and you're like, this sounds so cliche. I can't say that. Right. But at the end, you're like, but really, I am so grateful for me. And I can only say this because I have walked through a lot of, and, and all of us have, not just me. It's not a woe is me story. But we have all walked through big struggles. Mm-hmm. And then to be at a place you're receiving an award of that magnitude, yeah. being like, man, those struggles got me here. I got to learn and grow through them. So cool. Thank you so much. And thank you for the skills and abilities that also got me here. Like, I'm so grateful, whether you believe in a higher power that gave them to you or whatever it is, like, that's so cool to be able to say, man, like I have a skill set that thousands and thousands of other people have, but in this moment, like I crushed it. So, so thank you for that. And, but to me, the biggest thank you I think I would ever have and in something I hope that I get to do in my business today is be that for other people is thank you to the coaches and the mentors and the friends and the family that loved me when I couldn't love myself, mm-hmm. that believed in me when I wasn't yet able to believe on myself and I got to borrow theirs until I got there. Mm-hmm. And that is what I hope I get to do with each of my clients is you might not be there yet, but let me share mine with you because I believe in you. And if I can allow you to borrow mine, you get to build up your own. And so I think those are the people I'd want to thank. It's like who I got to borrow from. Wow. You're like a a confidence bank. Just like loaning out confidence. Here you go. You get a share. You get a share. You get a share. You need two shares. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh man, that was, whew. What an interview. 
I know. Goodness. This has been fun. You guys are awesome. No, it's, (laughs) man, I'm just, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I appreciate this conversation so much. I can't wait for people to hear it. Um, I'm going to replay this a lot myself, um, just thinking through it. Um, so thank you for being on here. Uh, this was I absolutely you. a pleasure. It's <laughs> fun to get to know you a little better. Yeah. Fun to get to meet you. Yeah. yeah. So, so ninjas. this is oh, the, the three ninjas. Yeah. Can I please come to this viewing party? I'll yeah. bring popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> we can laugh at its awfulness together. Yeah. <laughs> a viewing party for the three ninjas. <laughs> That's actually we'll good. We'll do idea. it outside. We'll get a projector. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. So once again, thank you, Casey. I appreciate you stopping by. For those that maybe want to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, what's the best way to reach out to you? I am curating confidence on all the things. Okay. So IG, Facebook, LinkedIn. I go by name, my name because it's more professional. <laughs> like up? Casey Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But my, even my website's curating confidence. Curating. Keep it simple. Perfect. And we'll have that in the show notes. Um, Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Um, This is Keenan Studios. Signing off. (laughs) Signing off. That's awesome. Yes.